Welcome to the Flying Solo Podcast, a show for those going it alone in business. I'm your host, Robert Gerrish. Flying Solo is an Australian online community and home to stacks of free resources, discussion forums, professional development tools, and a whole lot more. Find us at flyingsolo.com.au or join us on Facebook. Today I'm speaking with Emma Gray, a work-life balance expert. We start our conversation by looking at how to get the day off to a good start. This interview was originally recorded as a live radio segment, hence the listener involvement that pops up from time to time. How do you, how do you maintain your energy? Well, one thing that I, I have noticed is that the mornings that I get up and exercise first thing in the morning with a friend that lives around the corner from me are the days when I am most productive. So okay. I think it's about the a couple of things, getting all that blood pumping and getting mm. the, the deep breathing. But I think it's also a sense of accomplishment that you have at the very start of the day that tends to follow through with your work. Mm, uh, so true, isn't it? Whereas if you start the day with, without any sense of that, I mean, for me, sometimes my accomplishment is just actually succeeding in getting my son out the door uh, with yeah. Jane's help to, yeah. to get on his way to school, which is, is, is something yeah. of an accomplishment. But you're right, to have some form of accomplishment is, uh, is a pretty good state of mind, isn't it, when you're starting I, your day? That's right. And I think it also helps to break up, the, and it's particularly when you're working at home, to break up the getting out of bed and getting ready and then starting work. Uh, it just gives you that break of getting outside the house and coming mm. back in in a different state of mind. I met someone once in a workshop who worked at home and said that she actually used to get up and... And we've all heard about getting up and getting dressed and, and, you know, for women putting their makeup on and shoes and and being in the right mindset that way. But this woman used to take it a step further and get in the car and drive around the block and come back into her driveway and she was then at work. And then at the end of the day, she'd get back in the car and drive around the block in the opposite direction and then she'd be home with the kids. Look, I've heard (laughs) similar stories. I'm sure all her neighbours think she's completely mad. Um, yeah. But uh, I've heard a, a, quite a similar story with somebody who did a, uh, did the same kind of thing, but did it on foot. And uh, I think mm. it's right to have this um, almost kind of a, uh, you could call it a celebration or just a recognition that, okay, here I am moving into moving into a different space can be a, a very good thing for our energy, moves us into a, a, a slightly kind of different way of being. Talking of which, let's just have a little look if we can at, um, at your own business. Um, mm. You know, where do, where do you work from? Where am I, where am I, where, where do we find I work, you today? I, I live just outside Canberra and I work from home. I, um, I came into this business by a bit of a meandering avenue uh, about 10 years ago. I was really doing the opposite of what I do now. I was managing my work-life balance very poorly. Um, I had a job where I was working long hours and I was studying for a master's degree and I had two little kids at that stage under five mm. and I was writing my first book. I mean, it was complete madness. Yes, and sounds that way. <laughs> there were a lot of times when I would just drop all the balls and I remember one particularly memorable occasion where I dropped my daughter at her first day of daycare and it had been one of those hideous experiences where she was barnacled to my leg and the teachers had to prise her finger by finger off my leg so I could escape and get to work and when I got there I was so upset Mm. I I drove into the car park too fast and I, I ripped the bumper bar off my car driving over one of those chain barriers at the front of the car park. And um, <laughs> This is not a good not start, a good start today. today. Not a good start. And went in, I was working in the Department of Defence back then, so there was a whole lot of very highly trained people in uniform that were able to spring to my aid. And they, they went to the compactus and got out a big roll of packing tape and took it out to the car park and stuck my car back together with packing tape. 
And a bit later on that day, I remember sitting at my desk eating my lunch and I was on the phone to the receptionist at the preschool for a progress report and, and I noticed a lieutenant colonel was pacing backwards and forwards in front of my desk and eventually he stopped and he looked at me and he said in a somewhat embarrassed tone, are you sure that's your lunch? <laughs> and I just remember thinking, you don't, I don't even know what the etiquette is when an army officer accuses you of, of eating his lunch. I, I got so frazzled I couldn't recognise my own Tupperware. So that was one of my sort of more extreme days of right. feeling as if it was all falling apart. Okay, so that's a very strong signal that, hey, something around here needs something to change, Something has to change, yes. yes. Okay. And, and it really came to a head a few months after that when I found myself lying in bed with acute glandular fever, uh, staring at my bedroom ceiling. I had a publishing contract in one hand and I had divorce papers in the other. Okay. And I was, miss- I was missing my daughter's first Christmas concert at, at preschool. And it occurred to me at that moment that life really did not need to be this hard mm. and that, that I had been making it this hard. So uh, how long ago was this again? How many? Oh, how- about, about 10 years ago now. 10 years ago, okay. Yeah. So I started to set, set about looking for different ways of, of doing things and yep. different ways of being and ways of saying no. Uh, I used to be a real people pleaser back back then and I, I realised that a lot of the stuff that was in my diary was in there because I just couldn't say no. Mm. So uh, bit by bit I gained a bit of control back over my schedule and to the point where a few years later I can't recognise my life. It's, right. it's, it's just been transformed. But in the process of doing that, I spoke to a lot of other people, a lot of women, a lot of working mothers in mm. particular, and realized that it was a very similar theme, that a lot of people were struggling with this. And that something... definitely weren't alone. No, not, at, not no. at all. So presumably, though, did you then, did you, by the sounds of it, you went through a period where you're, you weren't earning any income, you were working out what you were going to be doing, or did you keep your sort of defence job going I kept, alongside I kept it? my defence job. I did some studying, coaching and, and training, oh, okay. and I went on long service leave for six months, which gave ah. me an opportunity to really think about what I was doing and what I wanted to do. So that was just uh, a useful uh, useful timing, yes. really, that I had that leave. Long service leave. I'm sure there's a number of soloists listening now with tears in their eyes. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. okay. So who do, you, who do you work with now? Who is a, who is a, who's an ideal client for you and how do you kind of deliver the work that you do? Well, I've got a, a number of ways that I'm delivering it. Um, I, I run corporate masterclasses and workshops for working parents and also for managers in a flexible workplace. I've got a few private coaching clients, but one of the the exciting things that I've launched this year for me has been an online program, a home study version of some of the corporate programs that I run. Mm -hmm. And it's very interactive with webinars and videos and a live forum, and I'm really Mm. enjoying it. Sounds like you put some work into that. Well, I I have, and I think that the online uh, approach is pretty ideal for the kind of people I work with because it's self-paced. They can fit it in around... (laughs) the busy schedules that they already have mm. and it's a way of, of communicating with each other with other people who are in a really similar situation whether they're balancing their own business with a family or yep. or uh, working and so obviously by having that online offering like that you're, you're you've, you can stretch yourself in a much sort of broader reach as well so it's, that's right yeah, okay so yeah. um and things are going well, I'm gathering. It sounds like you're, you're sounding very upbeat. So obviously yes. that, that program is going well and, and business is generally going well. Tell yeah. me, um, it's just so that we can just 
get a full kind of picture of you. This, there's a lot of things, obviously, you've brought about some, some real improvements in how you work. And as is often the case, you've used your own learnings um, very much in the development of your business, which means that clearly you're, you're very skilled because you've been there and you've done it. Mm. And there's very little that's stronger than that. Um, what isn't going right? Is there anything that doesn't kind of go right? Is there anything you think, you know what, is this just one thing more I could fix? It's this. I think that the one thing that I am in the process of fixing would be letting go of having to do it all myself. Mm -hmm. Um, That's something I've struggled with, as I'm sure a lot of people do, Mm. Um, particularly starting a business. It was 2009 that I I started this one, but um, I used to do everything myself. So I I designed my own logo with no graphic design background or anything. And, you know, it was a $39 logo and looked like one. Mm -hmm. So, um, (laughs) and and I've learnt the lesson over and over again that I need to let go of some of that control, yep. hand it over to the experts and that, that it is, it's false economy for me to think that I can do Everything. all of these things myself. Yep. Business well cards said. is another and, example. Websites, another example. Yeah. <laughs> and I guess, you know, I think it's, it to some extent is a, can be a bit of a trap for those of us kind of working by ourselves is, is, is we get into that mindset is nobody, nobody does it as well as me. That's um, right. And that really is a trap, isn't it? But look, it the, the thing that, um, that really prompted me to talk to you, and I'm so happy to have you here, is that you, you, I know you've written for Flying Solo for a good few months now, and it's, it's really pleasing to see your articles and see the kind of feedback you get. You wrote a, uh, one that really impacted me a, a few weeks ago, which is called Seven Types of Busy. Mm. And I wonder whether we could just spend a little bit of time. Uh, let's just go through what those seven types are, and then we'll we'll get on to some solutions so that people listening can actually kind of take something away from this. And what I would also just remind uh, listeners is that if you've got any question whatsoever uh, for Emma, please don't hold back. Um, send it to radio at flyingsolo.com.au or text or SMS to 0423-500-511. So, Emma, let's look at your um, your seven types of busy. Can you kind of talk us through those? I think your, your first one, which I particularly love, is this uh, this notion of a kind of badge of honour busy. Tell us a bit mm, more about that. That's if you right. This is, where, this is really where you think that being busy equals being significant. And I think this is a real trap for people when they first move into their own business. Um, Sometimes there's a sense, I don't know about you, but when I first started my business, I felt this need to sort of prove myself to my family and friends and my colleagues who I had left um, to prove that this was going to work. Mm. And at first things were a little bit quiet, of course, uh, on the business front, even though I had a a lot of work to do setting things up. So there was this sense of having to justify um, the busyness and to keep active. Um, But a lot of people do this where they just... They keep their diary as full or more full than other people and they feel good when people look at them and say, I don't know how you do it. Mm. And they don't know how they do it either and they don't know if they even want to do it, but they do know that it feels great when someone gives you that feedback. So when you see somebody who is very clearly in this kind of position, what what do you say to them? What do you say, okay, this is is what you need to do? Do you have a a solution that you dive into? Yeah, it's really all about uh, them identifying that that this is what they're doing, okay. uh, which can be quite a confronting um, realisation for people. Uh, and then to, to realise what it's costing them. So staying that busy is obviously soaking up a lot of the time that you could be using more profitably to advance your business or to spend time with your family or mm. to spend time exercising or whatever it is that you're, that you're not doing while you race around staying busy for the sake of it uh, mm. to, to win that, that badge of honour. 
So it's really about awareness and then, then learning, the, working out the cost and then yeah. deciding what's really more important. And then, okay, the second, great. Your second point is, is nobody does this as well as I do, busy, mm. which is, I guess we've kind of touched on to some extent. Mm. And, but this, you notice, is, is a distinction. It's still different to, to the other types of busy. Yes, and, and I think people, you, you see this playing out both in work and business and at home. So it's that sense of having to have control over everything, not really trusting other people to, to be involved and not delegating what you can. And eventually you'll start to sink if you don't start handing things over on both the work and the home fronts and sharing the load. And I think, think too, this is about having a belief that there is only one right, proper way to do something and and that's your way. <laughs> yes. Struggling when anyone else you know, tries to, to suggest a different approach. Um, it's it's stepping in and, and saying, look, it's just quicker if I do it mm. myself. So this, um, is, this is one of those cases where Emma's talking to Emma as well, is that right? From where you dobbed yourself in a few moments ago? Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> this is where you, where you sometimes spend time. Okay, so nobody does this as well as I do, and I, I mm. absolutely agree. Such a trap. Um, oh, but recognition, yeah. for, if, is, I think, is, is what you're saying, is we've just got to recognise what we are. Mm, um, right. Next, you move on to running away busy. I'm intrigued. That's right. Now, this one, that? this one can be really, really difficult too. This is where there's something really big that you really need to attend to. It could be something in your business or it could be something in your personal life, but you've been avoiding it. And instead of tackling it, it really should be first on your list. Uh, you just fill your diary with a whole lot of other less important tasks and appointments so that you have the excuse that you don't have time to tackle this big mm. challenge. It's a real trap. Um, it can cause us to put off the, the tricky, the tricky challenge for for months and months and months in some cases. Yeah. Um, and it really holds people's progress back. Mm. This is, I think, we've got. Um, I should just do one little plug. We have it um, for the uh, listeners in our premium member area. There's a wonderful book written by Brian Tracy called "Eat That Frog," which is exactly, oh, yeah. you know, I love it's that a classic, book. isn't yeah. it? And it, it, is. it talks about this, doesn't it? It's like you've just, mm. you just need to kind of get that thing out of the road and then you can really start to, um, to move forwards in your business. So. And that, that's a great strategy, the, the eat the frog strategy. That, you know, if, if, if the worst thing you have to do today is eat a live frog, then you're better off doing it first thing in the morning, getting it over and done with. Because <laughs> get to the end of the day, keep putting it off, you, you may not ever get to it. And mm. we all understand that. And I think that's a, a trap that we can fall into on a daily basis as, as well as longer term. So it does take a lot of courage. Mm. But, um, you know, facing, facing a fear is really how you're going to, the only way that you'll get over it. Yeah, and again, the sense of accomplishment after you've done that uh, mm. is just quite astounding, isn't it? And it's something, it I mean, I've been running personally my own business since 1989 and I still let the frog run around the room for a little while. But um, <laughs> yeah. I know when I, when I do get it, boy, it makes a difference. Um, what about comfort zone busy? Well, this is something. Well, I'll use I'll use my home study program mm. as an example here. This is I've wanted to launch this program now for about eighteen months, and there was a part of me that thought, "But is it really going to work? What if I put all that work in and it falls flat and nobody signs up for it?" So I tended to keep putting it off, um, and you, you stay safe in your comfort zone by doing a whole lot of other things that are less uh, risky to to just stall the inevitable or the the potential failure that you might face if something falls flat in your business mm. so what do you have to do here do we have to push ourselves stir mm. ourselves up to get out of our comfort zone i think it's about letting go of attachment to a certain outcome 
And, you know, if something doesn't work, then try something else. And if that doesn't work, try something else. That kind of continuous um, experimentation. And to just be, take, yourselves, take ourselves a little less seriously mm. and yeah. a bit more playfully. So, you know, if, if this doesn't work, then that's, that's good. I've learnt that. I can move on. And just I, I often remind myself of all the people, the famous failures that, you know, that uh, J.K. Rowling mm. had Harry Potter rejected 11 times before yeah. it was accepted, that kind of story. And and you know just having a bit of boldness and and giving it a go. I think and and also we see so much. You know, even Google. Uh, I, I got an email this morning. I think of a, another uh, one of a journalists was saying that, that here's another Google project that um, is about to be pulled. You know, after they yeah. spent millions of dollars developing it. Everybody does it. You know, we're not going to get it right every time, are we? But it's not going. We're never going to know if we don't actually get something up and happening. That's it. And the successful people are the ones that push through that that failure and just persist, regardless. Mm. I know. The, I read the other day that the creator of the Angry Birds app, the mm. game, yep. um, had fifty one other apps before Angry Birds that really were just very run-of-the-mill and never took off, which is another great example, isn't it? (laughs) Right, it is. I've just had a note in from uh, Felicity in Brisbane saying uh, her comment is just saying no struck a chord with me. So that was one of your earlier comments. So Mm. that's good. Now, um, so that was comfort zone busy. People, please, are busy. Yes. Discuss. (laughs) A lot of, I don't know why, but a lot of women tend to suffer from this one. Uh, And I know I certainly have. Um, in the early days of setting up my business, I remember there being a lot of invitations to networking functions and coffee chats and requests from people to, you know, guest post on the blog and all that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember feeling really struggling with saying no. So there'd be days that were completely taken up by all these appointments that went nowhere. But you were so knew, wanted. It must have been very... And I knew, well, I knew they'd be going nowhere before I even went to them, but I just mm. found it very hard to, to say no. And I think yeah. I also believed that... I was now speaking not only as myself but as work-life bliss and had to, you know, work-life bliss had to be nice and approachable and all of those, all of those things. And it really does uh, soak up a lot, of, a lot of your time. I think having my third child two years ago, he's, he's two and she's mm. extremely active, has really changed my attitude a lot with time because I now have only a certain amount of hours in the day, a very small amount of hours where he is out of action, asleep, yeah. that I can cram the important work in. It really has helped me prioritise sure. and but focus. Assuming that you don't lend your young son out to, to those that don't have them. <laughs> I'd be quite happy to, <laughs> if anyone's interested. <laughs> form an orderly queue. But um, for those that don't have, you know, obviously when you have a young child, yes, that you've, you've got certain patterns and, and times, mm. as you say, blocks that are kind of enforced. But what about for those that don't? What, how do we introduce yeah. that? What's a way that we can do that? It's really about thinking before you act. I think sometimes we wake up in the morning, sit down at the computer and spend the whole day putting out bushfires. It's Mm. it's spot fires everywhere. Um, And we've forgotten what the main task or the bang for buck task really is for that day. So I think if you say no, it gives meaning to your yes. Mm. And you have to know what your yes is. Yes, okay. So So being clear on where you're heading, mm. what your priorities are, and to keeping those sort of uppermost in your mind. That's it. And then just mm. practice saying no in an assertive and polite way. And I think um, I remember the first time I did this and, and a, a woman had phoned me and asked if I could help volunteer on some committee and I, I knew I couldn't. And I, I absolutely dreaded telling her this. And she said, oh, that's fine. I've got a whole list of names here. I just phoned you because you always say yes. <laughs> 
And oh, that was, dear. for me, the was a good lesson. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So, um, Flapping Busy, I think I recognise this one as well as one of your other ones. Uh, this, yes. this sounds a little bit like um, Stephen Covey's uh, Quadrant One, Urgent and Important. Yes, it is. Right? Uh, yes, okay. it, it's a combination of that and also doing overwhelm. I think it's, I think it's really important to, to distinguish between being overwhelmed and behaving in an overwhelmed way. So, a lot of flapping around. You see a lot of people posting on Facebook, I've got so much to do, I just don't know where to start, when really they should be off doing one of the tasks. Mm. Um, I, I spoke to a guy once who was a manager at the Bank of America and he'd been in, in uh, New York during uh, September the 11th and he was given the task of rebuilding the Bank of America's New York business um, after the, the terrorist attack. And he mm. had something amazing to share on the topic of of overwhelm, he said. He spoke to his mentor at the time and said, "Look, I just I have no idea where to begin. I've got no nothing physically. I've got no no office. I've got to recruit people. Um, the emotions, scratch. you know, the emotions mm. involved." And he said, "I just feel like I'm staring at a big black wall, and I don't know what where to start." And the mentor very wisely said, "You are staring at a big black wall, and all you need to do is to reach out and remove one brick, and that will let." a little shard of light in, mm. and that will help to guide your way for the next brick that you need to remove, and you just keep doing one brick at a time. And I remember thinking, of all the stories I've heard about overwhelm and flapping, mm. that really is That's the most powerful. That's and strong, isn't it? Yeah. It certainly is, and the imagery there is very powerful. Yeah. Um, yeah. So thank you for sharing that with us as well. Now, your, your final one on, these, on the seven types of busy is scared to ask busy. Mm. This is this is you know that sense that you feel like you're a bit of a fraud and that any minute now somebody's going to find out. You feel as though uh, you're putting on a bit of an act with with um, with your work sometimes, particularly when you're early on in a t- in a new mm. role. Um, and sometimes, rather than seek clarification on what you need to do from a friend or a mentor um, or another another business owner, yeah. you go to enormous lengths to figure it out yourself. So it's really about being scared to ask those silly questions mm. that will, uh, yes, make you feel a bit vulnerable at the time, but move you forward so much faster. Mm. And I think the silly questions are a very strategic move. So uh, you see it a lot with people who email rather than phone someone yeah, and just absolutely. sit around for ages waiting for a response. Yeah. And it's important to remember that time is money and that people who are successful will dive into that vulnerability mm. and will ask the silly questions, yeah. and that's exactly how they get ahead. I think, look, I think that's so true, and I must say one thing, you know, I, I think the, one of the beautiful things about uh, the massive Australian community of, of people working by themselves is that um, we are a very sort of self-supportive bunch. Yeah. You know, when you ask a yeah. question, I mean, we yeah. see this obviously a lot on the forums, we see it in Facebook, and we, we yeah. notice it in our inboxes. That uh, once people ask a question, there is no shortage of people who will help with the response. That's but to exactly right. you know to sit mm. there and and agonise by yourself, mm. it's it's so destructive, and it's mm. um, you know it's, it's human nature to to want to help, isn't mm. it? I mean, we all feel great when someone asks our advice, and yes. um, it, so I think it's important to remember that that you're actually honouring the person that you're asking by uh, taking them into mm. uh, your your situation okay great point well look, just another question from um from michelle what are the this kind of goes back to the um the, the kind of the beginning of this topic i guess is what are the warning signs you know if somebody listening to this is thinking oh you know maybe maybe i'm taking on a bit too much maybe mm. i'm getting a bit out of control 
what are the signs? I mean, we don't, we shouldn't wait until we smack the car or um, exactly. shake, shake our I child missed, off. I obviously missed the warning signs mm. when I was, and I was doing a lot of these types of busy at the time, which is which, which was why. I think it's important to be really in tune with how your body reacts to stress and to be able to recognise that you are um, perhaps getting headaches or you're um, feeling like you're breathing quite quickly or you're got aches and pains or you can't sleep. And to notice how you're behaving with the people around you. Are you snapping with people? Do you feel frustrated and impatient more than usual? And to to really um, pay attention to that and start acting on that before it develops any further. Another thing too is to just make sure that you're having adequate time off. And it can be so difficult when you're so passionate about your business. And I know how it feels. It feels like a hobby almost because you love it so much. And so it can be very difficult to force yourself to take the downtime. Mm. Um, but taking breaks and working out a way of carving out some time to yourself every week is yeah. just so important. So Whether it's exercise or a night out with your girlfriends or, or um, you know, uh, whatever it is. We've mm. all got different, uh, different ways of winding down. Yeah, just um, step away from your work. Yes, for a yeah. short time. Fantastic. Look, thank you so much. Now, in our communication, we we spoke a little bit earlier in the week, and um, I asked you if you if you'd be kind enough to respond to three particular questions. As you know, um, one of the, the the key sort of focus of of this coaching couch show is to give people a sense that okay, there are some actions here. There's some things that I can actually take away and apply in my work. And I asked you if you would to to respond to a couple of questions and and share with us. Um, an idea, an insight, and an innovation. Mm. So I wonder if we can just go through those. Now, we may have covered some of the topics in the discussion we've just had, but um, your idea, your, your key idea is to begin before you are ready. Now, what do you mean exactly by that, begin oh, before you are I ready? I love this. This is something I've had to learn. You know how we can become really distracted by the idea of having to line up all the ducks before we begin or... Mm. Sometimes we'll convince ourselves that um, we just need to gather some more information before we start. So we get stuck down a rabbit hole of more articles, more just courses. Just need to do this. I've just got to yeah. do that. Then yeah. I'll be ready. Yes, okay. And then we'll think, and then, yeah, then I'll be able to start. Well, these activities could go on forever, of course, and yes. they really stall our development and they keep us safe from potential failure. So it's a way of doing that comfort zone mm. busy. There is really only ever one perfect time to begin and that is right now. Um, even if you don't feel ready. Nobody ever feels truly ready. Mm. Just delve in regardless and sort of splash around and, and figure out how to swim once you're in the pool. Okay, fantastic. <laughs> so your key idea, begin before you're ready, and the point you yes. just said there, there's, there's never a perfect time to begin, or that, sorry, there's only one perfect time mm. to begin, and that is right now. Terrific. So your insight, and uh, your insight that you shared, is for every task that you do, you have to ask yourself, what is the purpose of this? So I know. that's it's, getting back to uh, your topic about um, being distracted and wandering yeah. off to events and things, isn't it? It sounds really, it sounds really simple, doesn't it? But every time you go to open up a new document, say, look, why would I be doing this? What is the point of this in terms of my of the progress I'm trying to make today or this week or mm. this month? To be really clear on what you're saying yes to. And I think this comes back to paying yourself first, which yep. is one of Paul Wilson's um, quotes, of mm. Paul Wilson's strategies. Yep. Um, 
to, to really think what is the bang for buck thing here that will really catapult me further in, in this week because there's nothing more frustrating than getting through to Friday looking at a to-do list and thinking that I haven't even started that mm. one big thing that I had to do. Yeah. I like to call this um, colouring in the title page. I don't know if you remember what it was like <laughs> in primary school but you'd be given a unit of work and the first day it was all about making a beautiful title page and colouring mm. that in and I think sometimes we get stuck on the title page instead of delving into the actual work that will give us the progress that we need. Quite. I'm so going to get my son to listen to this when, <laughs> when the podcast is put up. So right, so to so ask every task, what is the purpose of doing this? Mm. And I guess the thing with that as well is that occasionally during the course of a day, a task, the purpose of a task may be nothing more than to give yourself a break. And that's yeah. okay, isn't it? But yeah, it is okay. We it's just need necessary, to ask, get into the yeah. habit of asking the question. Okay, yeah. and your innovation, now this from a woman, just, just for the men listening, just prepare yourself here. <laughs> This is from a woman. Her, um, right. Emma's innovation tip is single tasking. Mm, it is. I can hear, I mean, people, I, I can hear I, Sam <laughs> screaming as we say Well, this. you know, just because it's possible for us to do several things at, months, at once doesn't mean that we should. Mm. Um, I really think that our lives have started to resemble our desktops. You know that, that sense that you've got several tabs open at once and you could have, they're all very, <laughs> they become quite confusing. Uh, and stressful. So sometimes I'll shut down nearly every single tab and have one open and, and just feel feel myself relaxing. Task, but it's yeah. the same. It's the same in our lives. We do need to shut everything else down sometimes and focus on one thing. And and the ideal time period for focusing on a task is about ninety minutes. So if you can keep yourself off Facebook and off all these other distractions for ninety minutes, you'll find that uh, you get a lot further. Um, we have these old trading rhythms, they're called, in our brain. And you know that sense that you'll be sitting there focusing on something and then you'll, you'll look up and think, well, where did the last five minutes go? Mm. And your mind has just wandered. Yep. That's just the brain naturally shutting itself off and protecting itself after a block of focus. So make the most of that 90-minute mm. um, period to, to do that bang for buck. Perfect. Fantastic. Look, thank you again for, sh- for sharing your tips. Uh, you mentioned your wonderful course that people can uh, find out more about by having a look at your... What's your web address again? Worklifebliss.com.au Terrific. Um, Emma, it's been, Emma Gray, it's been wonderful to have you with us. Thank you very much for joining us. And that's where we'll leave this show from Flying Solo. I'm Robert Gerrish, and we hope you'll join us next time. If you're looking to start a business or rejuvenate the one you're in, you'll find heaps of resources at flyingsolo.com.au and a supportive community on our forums and Facebook. Thanks for listening. 